this will be a tough one tonight. UTSA has their sights set on the conference championship game. They're 6-0 in the league right now, tied for first place, 7-3 overall. It's senior night tonight as they pay tribute to the class that has really been the focal point of the last four years of success for this Roadrunners team. You know the Bulls story. They're 5-5. Five and five. They have two chances to get one win to get bowl eligible. They need either this one tonight or Charlotte at home next Saturday night. So the Bulls will look for win number six. UC, uh, UTSA, rather, will look to keep their conference championship hopes alive for another week. We've got a busy pregame coming up. Kickoff will be a little bit after 8 o'clock local time, 9 o'clock Tampa time. Latest game of the year by far, but we're looking forward to it. Let's get started from Tampa with Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp. Thank you very much, Jim Lauk. Pot of coffee is on and ready to go here in Tampa for a late night, but hopefully it's a winning night, Derek Sharp, by the end of this thing. Yeah, definitely right on the uh, preparation today. It was so different than last week when it was, you know, you had to really prepare the day before. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of sitting around. I'm sure it's a different approach for the uh, boys because last week they were ready to go at the beginning, and who knows what their thoughts are going to be like tonight. I know they know the, the eyes of the nation are on them. The coaches and players, uh, one thing that you and I know very well for traveling with basketball teams is they are creatures of habit. So when you throw off their their scheduling, their timing, a 9 p.m. start, that throws their whole day off, and it's sometimes one team adjusts better than the other team. But if you're going to be somewhere for Friday Night Lights, even though it's under a dome, yep. might as well be in Texas. Might as well. If you're, you're not right. ready, you're never going to be. You're right. The Bulls are 3-7 and seven all-time in the state of Texas. They have lost three straight there. Last win was against SMU back in 2016. And, Derek, we kind of talked about this in the postgame show last week, but UTSA kind of looks a lot like USF did 20-plus years ago because the Bulls started their program, found immediate success. We told you that UTSA came to USF and kind of looked at the yeah. blueprint that we laid here and how we built it, and then they mirrored that, and they have had equal as equally as good success very quickly. They're only in their 13th season, and they already have a couple of Conference USA championships, and they're in line for an American now. And it was gradual, and then it exploded yeah. a couple of years ago, and hence they were picked to finish second in the league. You know, anytime you have a, a newcomer coming in, they better have some credentials to get that love from the coaches, and they did, and they're earning it right now, and they're the team that doesn't, there's three undefeated teams they're the one that doesn't have to play the other uh, until probably the championship game that's the way they look at it utsa has won six straight games they've won three straight there in the alamo dome this could be jeff trailer's final regular season game as head coach of the roadrunners uh, he's been there for four years but he's rumored to be the hot candidate for the texas a&m job two-time coach of the year in conference usa meanwhile for usf boy when the schedule comes out everybody's like oh my god we got a friday game or oh my god we got a thursday game why do people say that derek because the Bulls have lost 10 straight weekday games and eight straight on Fridays. Good news is, honestly, I did the I did the numbers, and UTSA is actually quite pedestrian, seven and six themselves. Okay. So who is going to be ready to go? Your guess is as bad as mine. <laughs> uh, I like to say this: the Bulls are due. 
I mean, let's let's just put it that way. Hopefully, they can get the win tonight. And when he mentioned the seven and one in a dome, we neither of us did that no, research. We didn't. did a double take. I know yeah. Syracuse had to be in there a few times. Yes, yes. And I'm thinking the international bowl against Northern Illinois. Yeah, in Toronto. Uh, in Toronto. If the roof was closed, which you would think in December it's going to be closed. Right. Yeah. It had to have been. And yeah. I can't think of any other dome off I the top of my head either. No. <laughs> Maybe no. we'll do that during the break. All right, bowls and also UTSA. Don't call us Texas San Antonio. Don't call us UT San Antonio. Don't call us by our name. Call us UTSA. There's a school about 90 miles away that does the exact same thing around here. Just getting underway in the pregame show. We'll kick things off at 9 o'clock tonight between the Bulls and the Roadrunners. Uh, a lot to cover here in this pregame show. When we come uh, back, Joey Johnston will join us from San Antonio. We'll take a look back at this date in USF history. Also, don't forget, Bulls fans, your men's and women's basketball season is underway. You can get your season tickets and your group tickets now by calling 1-800-GO-BULLS today. There's going to be a doubleheader on Sunday. Back after this on the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited. Jim Lauk, Sam Barrington will have the call of the game starting at 9 o'clock tonight. Joey Johnston will be roaming the sidelines inside the Alamo Dome, and he joins us for a first time tonight. Joey, uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, I do want to throw something at you real quick. I don't know if a lot of people knew this. I threw this at somebody earlier today, and they just literally couldn't believe it. But right now, the Bulls are tied with Northwestern for the best turnaround in the country, a four-win improvement. Uh, this team has a chance to have the best turnaround in the country with a win maybe in the last couple of games. Yeah, both are extremely impressive. Northwestern had a, a huge mess on its hands, and, and it looks like it's going to go to a bowl game. So kudos to uh, Coach Braun up there in, in Evanston, and kudos to Coach Golish uh, in Tampa for the turnaround that, that the Bulls have enjoyed. It is uh, a great distinction and something certainly that should be trumpeted high and, and loud if the Bulls can pull this off and get to a bowl game. When I dropped that nugget a little bit earlier today on someone, the first words out of their mouth, well, what about Deion Sanders? What about Colorado? And I said, they only got three win improvement. By the way, I'll take Alex Golish over Deion Sanders right now because of the win total. Uh, Joey, uh, I was just going back and forth with Derek a little bit about this, about the UTSA program, how similar it is and how it was built to USF. And you might know that better than anyone. Yeah, you know, UTSA, there are some parallels, certainly. San Antonio, a, a major city in Texas, a big TV market, a, a pro town, you know, a Spurs town. And, and they've built a, a program from, from thin air, much like USF did. And they've they followed it the same way. Certainly they exist in a, a very fertile recruiting ground. So they're surrounded by great players. They have a chance to really build up with some talent that maybe doesn't choose to go to Texas or Texas A&M or, or, or any of the uh, surrounding schools. So, yeah, you can look at this, and, and, and it does remind you of the early days of USF, uh, really, you know, uh, taking it off from, from, from nothing, <laughs> building it from thin air. And uh, UTSA is uh, a, a proud new member of this conference, and I think a valued member. They have a great facility here at the Alamo Dome. They have a winning tradition. They have a great city. I'm thrilled that UTSA is in our league. I think it's a great addition. Joey, as we are in the third week of November, as we start to close out this regular season for college football, hard to believe it's gone this quickly, but uh, let's take a look back to this week in USF football history. What do you have for us? We're going to go back to 2007, Jim. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to go back to a, the exact date of today, <laughs> uh, which, you know, we haven't been able to pull off too often, but today we can. Uh, <laughs> November 17th, 2007, the fabled 2007 season where the Bulls 
Uh, got off to the 6-0 start in the number two national ranking. Uh, Three-game losing streak, but then three-game winning streak to finish the season and, and earn the Sun Bowl bid. And one of those on November 17th, 2007, was a 55-17 win against the Louisville Cardinals. USF was in complete command of this one at Raymond James Stadium. The Bulls led 41-10 at halftime. Matt Grothy threw for two touchdowns and ran for another. Mike Ford galloped for 140 yards out of the backfield. And Nate Allen recovered a fumbled kickoff at the three-yard line and rolled in for a, a special teams defensive score. So the Bulls were simply all over the Cardinals this night on uh, an era that Bulls fans will always remember very fondly with Matt Grothy and George Selvey and all those guys patrolling the sidelines. Uh, a great, huge win for the Bulls, 55-17 over against Louisville. That's a, that's a great one to remember, no doubt about it, Joey. I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I mean, Louisville's been part of our history for football for quite some time, but I want to say the first Conference USA win and the first Big East wins against Louisville? Is that, that is correct. Yes, is that 2003, okay. yep, 31-28 yeah. in double overtime, and then the, uh, the fabled 2005 Big East game where Louisville came in number nine in the country. Sports Illustrated's Tim Layden was in, in the house to do a, a piece on Louisville's rise. It never got written because USF won, USF won the game. I spoke to Tim Layden in the third quarter. He goes, you know, this happens to me from time to time. I'll, I'll just fly home and go to my next story. So, uh, yeah, so, so the, two of the biggest wins in USF history were against uh, Louisville in two different conferences. No doubt. Amari Jackson, still uh, a hero for those Louisville games, or one of them anyway. Uh, Derek, uh, let's go around the horns. Thank you, Joey. A Thank absolutely, you. and that's a good transition because uh, actually the, the folks at FAU on their volleyball account were ready to write the story of Florida Atlantic taking command of the AAC East Division mm. title today, and they had to rip it up. <laughs> you know why? Because the South Florida Bulls are the AAC champs. They had to, thanks to their sweep of East Carolina last weekend, they just had to win one of two games against matches against FAU yesterday. Very hard fought, ended up losing in four sets, and today against a team that was playing on its home court. And again, the winner of this took command of the division, and in the case of the Bulls, clinched it. Uh, it was the Bulls sweeping FAU. It was quite something, 25-19, 25-16. And then as they were down 20-17 to in the third set, you know, you drop that and you start to wonder, nope, they went on a 6 nothing run. Took the set 25-22. And a team that last year just won four matches in conference play, 12-6 record, wraps up the East Division. Now, does it give them a spot in the NCAA tournament? No, it won't because the American does not have a conference tournament. But who cares? They have a great chance to continue their season in the NIVC. But first of all, they will wrap up the regular season, a team that probably deserves to have a decent crowd on a Wednesday. It'll be early in the afternoon. We know it's the day before Thanksgiving, but it's 1230. They play Rice at the Yingling Center. Today, Maria Andrade led the team with 10 kills. Buse Hazan with nine. Their stats weren't overwhelming. Their defense was, though, as FAU almost had as many errors as they did kills. And again, the Bulls with one match to go. We hope not in their entire season, but in the regular season are the division champs. They could still end up tied, but they have the tiebreakers over the two teams that they could be tied with. 
It's been a rough one for basketball. If we go back to Monday, it wasn't as the women were able to grab a win, but then they went on the road last night, and I was there with the call on Bulls Unlimited against the Alabama Crimson Tide, and it was all tied, 70-41. to 41. Bulls just didn't seem like they were ready for that step up in competition. They played much better in the second half, and we'll hope that momentum carries over to Sunday when they are at home against UNF. Men's basketball team really fought hard, but they cannot overcome the cold shooting. Just one made three-pointer the other day on Wednesday and lost to Central Michigan 68-63, but they have a pretty quick chance to turn it around, and again Sunday we'll have that chance. At 5 o'clock against Northern Iowa, we will have both of those games live on Bulls Unlimited on the TuneIn app. A lot of good stuff on Bulls Unlimited this week. You'll hear some, from some of that with our Heard That segment coming up next. Joey Johnston with Doug Blue Eli, and then we'll get crazy as Sam Barrington will join the broadcast back up in San Antonio along with Joy. Bulls beat with yours truly three times a week. We also have Bullseye with Alex Golish and a player and a non- Football guest this week's this week. Great thing about Golish is you can ask him about anything, and he uh, will answer anything. In this case, you're going to hear what he has to say about playing on a Friday night. We got to talk to Tremel Logan about that pick six and some intel from B.J. Daniels, and we'll mix in a clip from my interview with Maria Andrade of volleyball, which again is the division champion. I asked her about if she ever gets nervous. Her answer was classic. Let's start off with the football stuff. When I did catch it, I was like, oh, like the end zone really right there. <laughs> <laughs> And the first thing that came to my mind was the flipping it, but uh, I knew that was going to cost us a, a flag or whatever, so I didn't. But I told myself next time I score, I'm going to flip it. So it. it's a good thing when you've got such a clear path to the end zone that you could think yeah. about your celebration. Was yeah. anyone, I'm curious, because I'm, I'm way up there in the press box, I don't know, was anyone saying anything to you? Like, just get in. I mean, how does, <laughs> nah. it, how does it sound on the field? Uh, or you black out when it comes to that? No, nah, on the field, like, I really don't hear nothing but my thoughts. It's the next step for us in terms of, as a test to where we are, can we go play four quarters of football at our best? If we can, you, we've shown that we'll play with the best teams in the country. Um, and if we can't, we've shown that we, we can play with very mediocre teams and not have the success we want. So if we can play offense, defense, teams really smart, really hard for four quarters and execute at a high clip, you'll come out on the positive side of it. But for us at this point in our program, this is the next test. We get a chance to go play on national TV in front of all of our peers who are all sitting in their hotel That's rooms true. watching, um, watching both our peers and the our players. Everybody, Friday night, what are they doing, BJ? Sitting in their hotel room watching Absolutely. football. Absolutely. And so it's a, it's a huge measuring stick for us. We'll see where we are at the end of it. I think it'll be really fascinating to watch it Friday night. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what's your experience playing in Dome, sir, professionally and, and or college? Yeah, I've been in uh, quite a few. I uh, started out uh, with Syracuse, so I've been in Syracuse's Dome. Uh, played for the Houston Texans, that, that's in the Dome. Indianapolis okay. Colts. Um, you know, but I, I will say uh, the Alamo Dome is pretty cool. Um, I understand that it was built to be an NFL stadium at one point in time, which mm. never really, you know, came to fruition, but um, I played in the AAF, the Alliance of American Football League, yeah. and that's the league that allowed us to play uh, in the Alamo Dome, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I love the turf. You know, I, re I remember the big jumbotrons, um, and one thing about a dome, the ball flies. I don't know if the air is different or just because it's enclosed, but if you throw a football, it's spinning, it'll go a long way. Okay. Wow. I still, I play volleyball since my 12, I have 19 right now, and I still get nervous. When I enter the court, I feel that 
butterfly in my stomach and um, I try to warm up a little but always the first ball makes me oh, it's really I, I really like it yes. looks that I'm in the roller coasters <laughs> you know when you go down and you feel that it's the same feeling our guest is USF defensive tackle Doug Blue Eli Doug you played last season at TCU now you're at USF could you tell us how you got to USF and what brought you down to Tampa um, definitely. Um, I had a, a former teammate in high school, Naeem Simmons, and I played with him my freshman year of high school, and he uh, reached out to me when I was looking for uh, a home, and things definitely fell in place. Uh, I started talking to Coach KP and Coach Golis, and the rest was history. I came on my visit, and I liked everything about it. So so now that you've gone through 10 games here in Tampa and seen this program, what, what do you like most about being here uh, playing for the Bulls? Uh, just the mentality that we carry, I feel as though we're all on the same mission and um, here to definitely prove and flip this program. So I definitely believe that it's going in the right way, the right direction. You played much better on defense as a unit uh, last week against Temple. Um, what's been the key to, to that improvement and, and really the, the, the good games that you had on defense? What, what do you guys do when, when you put a good product out on their field? I feel as though we just do our job and um, play fast, you know, you know, don't have no regrets. Just go out there and um, execute the way we usually do. And it's been working out great in these past few games. So here we are on a Friday night nationally televised game at UTSA in San Antonio. The thing is that most college football players around the country will be watching in their hotel rooms tonight. They'll be watching you guys play. How big of an opportunity is it to have a stage like that where n not only the fans, but all your, your peers, the other players and coaches, will be able to see the Bulls tonight? Uh, I feel as though we could um, definitely shock anyone that's watching and put on a show and just when we're out there you know the whole whoever's watching is going to know like we're just a squad that's ready to battle and it doesn't matter who it is tonight you're at the alamo dome which can be a very noisy place you know different environment than you're used to with a roof on it um how, how important is it for you guys to stay poised and not let the noise get to you so you can make your plays and not let the noise affect the game uh i just feel as though just like keying in and just just like little details and just, you know, don't get sidetracked about other things and just stay focused on that play and um, just letting it roll. Doug, you play on the interior of the defensive line. A lot of times you are battling and people don't see you. You're at the bottom of the pile. You maybe don't get the glory that other guys do. You try to touch the ball. What's it like to play that position and what kind of satisfaction you get from, from being a, a guy that maybe doesn't get noticed very much? Uh, I just feel as though interior D-line and nose, especially it's like you're the rock of the defense, so I feel as though even if I don't make the tackle or whatever, as long as I do my job and it's a great play, you know, I feel as though I was a part of it too. And one more thing, you know, you're one win away from bowl eligibility, which would be a huge accomplishment for, for this program and for Coach Golish in his first year. What, um, what do you think about the improvement that you've seen in this program and where it can go in the future? Everyone's locked in and ready to play. I feel as though we could change things around um, as far as the way we carry ourselves and the way we approach the game. It's completely different, so I think we'll just keep on with that and things will definitely change. All right, so good stuff there by Joey Johnston and uh, Doug Blue Eli as the Bulls get ready to take on UT San Antonio. I'm sorry, UTSA. Oh, man. At the Alamo Dome tonight. That was good stuff by B.J. Daniels. Didn't, I didn't yeah, he said really, the ball really yeah. spins off a of quarterback. Yeah. And also, Tramel yeah. Logan on the show, Bulls, I did say there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. They're looking <laughs> forward to disappointing a lot of people at the Alamo <laughs> Dome tonight. Fantastic. We hope two of them are not about to join us. Yeah, that's true. We're talking about Sam Barrington and Joey Johnston. Those guys now join us for Get Crazy, our final 
final segment of this first half hour of the pregame show. Uh, guys, you don't usually get to hear what happens in the postgame show from the previous week because you guys are off. You know, you take off after the game. Uh, I'm sure you're listening on the way home. I, I would hope you are. Oh, yeah. But Derek Sharp picked up a second correct prediction this past week, uh, which makes Sam two games down with potentially two games remaining. Sam, you are dormy right now almost. Dormy? He, doesn't, a know golf what, he doesn't know what that means. <laughs> Magic number. Yeah, I mean, dormy. Uh, the only time I heard of dorm is when I was in college. And, uh, so maybe a girl was dormy. You're going back to the dormy? would come over to your dorm or something like that. But tell me what that means, it's please. A, it's a dark and dormy night. It's a golf it's term, It's a stupid Sam. golf yeah. term that means the match well, listen, is over. I don't want like to hear anything about golf. Sam played some golf today, in I fact. played some golf today, and I hit him very uh, well. Whoa, and I, was, I, I got he, stuck in traffic. Doug, so. uh, Sam was not dormy on the course. I hear he, he, he just lit it up, literally. I don't have the details. Yeah. But so okay. let me just All get right. my incorrect prediction out. Let me just get oh, it yeah, over let's with. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, <laughs> I see this game being a shootout, right? And I think it's going to be obviously our guy, Byron Brown, right, who's leading the charge. I like him to throw for 500 yards Woo. today. Right. What the <laughs> heck? Hey, Whoa. hey, 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 what are you guys laughing at? Like, hey. can I get some respect? Sam, right? uh, no, Sam no, if that no, happens, we'll be leaving here like at 3 in the morning. All right. Well, you heard it from here. You heard it from me first. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to go 0 and 12, right? But <laughs> go down, go down and blazing, man. Guns a blazing. 500 yards. Sam has Brown. crazy tonight. Good job. I like it. Yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, 500 yards. All right. I love it. Joey. Joey has a correct prediction out of 10 games this year. What do you got for us, Joey? I think I'm I'm on a 10-week losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. That's but very, that very being, well possible. That being said. Tonight, I see the Bulls scoring three touchdowns in excess of 50 yards. Three. Whoa. Oh. That is crazy. That's good. That's might, nice. one, of them might, one of them might be on special teams. Okay, that counts. <laughs> the way Absolutely. you're saying yeah, it is like you know something already. I, I've, I, I have some information I've gathered before the game. The coaches have assured me there will be three 50-yard oh, touchdown plays. I love that kind of inside <laughs> I, was, I was promised this would happen. I have been, yeah, My sources tell me, yes. All right, I'm going to throw in a half a, a, half a point here. Uh, Jaden Alexis from Texas and Doug Blue Eli from TCU are going to combine for two and a half touchdowns and or sacks. So if my boy, Blue Eli, gets a half a sack and Alexis catches two touchdowns, that's good. Okay. Oh, that's an interesting little parlay there. That's yeah, a yeah, good parlay. Complicated, right. but. Parlay is a gambling term, Sam. We can't use that. that Sam knows dormy. that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm on the network side, right? I just, I, I felt <laughs> like that was supposed to be said, but no problem. Hey. <laughs> Sam has walked through a casino before en route to the VIP section. He knows. He knows he what it's like in there. The buffet, on the though. way to the dormy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm going to go against what Sam said today. Sam, no offense, but I had this already down before you gave us your prediction. I'm going to say this is not a shootout because everyone is expecting a shootout. I'm going to say less than 48 points scored in this game today, and Frank Harris from UTSA has zero touchdowns. What? Passes. Yikes. Yeah, that, this is, uh, okay, I'm going to hey, all right, all right, make all right. a statement here. That is the, the most shocking get crazy statement of the year right there, and in my, you my know, opinion. You know why it's so funny? Because he laughed Yeah. <laughs> right when I said 500 yeah. yards. He's, he's zigging when he should be zagging. 
<laughs> All right, guys, we'll uh, we'll take a, a visit back on these predictions about uh, two thirty in the morning. Oh my God! If anyone's listening, then you are the best listener. I'm like I won't be listening. I'll be talking. Yeah, I know. We'll we'll be face down uh, here on the conference table. Thanks, All guys. right, we do have UTSA and USF coming up an hour from now. We do have another hour of pregame coverage to get to. A whole lot to get to. In fact, we'll hear from Alex Golish coming up as well. Pregame show continues on Bulls Unlimited. It's Friday night, and it's time for football. The Bulls face UTSA, and Alex Golish knows this is a chance for South Florida to show the country the progress they've made this year. Man, if you make juice stuff, it's Friday night. You're playing the best team in our league. You're on national TV. What's everybody else in the country doing on Friday night? Same thing we normally would be doing. You have your team meal, everybody goes to their rooms and turns on the only game on TV, and Everybody's watching. By everybody, I mean your peers. Because literally every single person that plays college football is laying in a hotel room watching that game. Like, this is it. UTSA is a perfect 6-0 in the conference. It'll be a lively atmosphere in the Alamo Dome as the Bulls play their first indoor game since 2016. And yes, crowd noise will be an issue. Noise is a factor because they've created that environment and they've earned the right for noise to be a factor. But absolutely, and, and that dome itself echoes uh, noise. They do a really good job with their game day environment. Band cranking, music cranking, like it's a cool spot. Last week, the Bulls found a way against Temple. Third and 12 from the 23. Brown to throw, looking, looking. Can't find anything, rolling out to his left, and he takes a big hit out of bounds, and the Bulls are going to be gifted a first down. It was going to be fourth and 10. Get Stokes ready to kick. Well, Christmas came early for this Bulls offense. So now they have two chances to win one game and become bowl eligible. Tonight, the challenge is as tough as it gets in the American. Time to see which team is ready after the short week. The Bulls and the UTSA Roadrunners from San Antonio coming up next. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show. Presented by Florida Blue. Rolling to the right. Keeps it, runs it. He's got the first down and more. Breaks the tackle. He's going all the way. Touchdown, South Florida. We're 60 minutes from kickoff. To get you ready for today's action, you'll hear from former Bulls linebacker Sam Barrington, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly, Offensive and Defensive Coordinators Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando. We'll tell you how the Bulls can make victory possible with USF Health. And, of course, get the final pregame thoughts from head coach Alex Golish. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Bulls take the lead. To kick things off, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk on 102.5 The Bone. Happy Friday night from San Antonio, the Bulls' only non-Saturday game of this season so far, and by far their latest start. It's a Friday night special as the Bulls play the UTSA Roadrunners. First ever meeting between these two teams, and there's a lot on the line. Bulls trying to get bowl eligible. UTSA trying to get to the conference championship game. In all their seasons in Conference USA and this year in the American, 
their head coach Jeff Trailer hasn't lost a single conference game. They're 6 and 0 in the American this season. Sam Barrington joins us. Sam, a big one for the Bulls. They've still got Charlotte at home in eight days, but this is a game they really want to measure themselves, playing one of the best teams in the league, standalone game on a Friday night, on the road, in a dome. Pretty exciting to be this invested late in the season. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, Jim, I'd have to agree. You know, when I go back to my playing days, you know, I've been on both sides of the spectrum, right, where you're a team that has a lot of momentum and, 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 you, and you go into an environment. Well, this in this situation, somebody's coming into your environment, but you have a game late in the season, and on paper you believe like you can beat that team and then it slips away. But I've also been on a team, happened my sophomore year, you're here at USF, right, where it's like things aren't going your way, and then late in the season you find that win that means a lot to you. It was Louisville for us that year, and Louisville was a really good team that year, right? And so it just comes down to these guys banding together, playing their brand of football, and, and, and going out and being the team that is the least penalized and make, making the least amount of mistakes today. But I think this is the perfect environment for USF to come in and upset this team and, and, and ruin their opportunity to get into the championship, assuming Memphis and Tulsa will continue to win and win big. This is a big night for UTSA. It's senior night. The senior class is the group of athletes that have really led the renaissance of this Roadrunners program over the past couple of years. And there's also the storyline of their head coach, Jeff Trailer interviewing for another job this week where that will lead. We'll see how it will affect the team, if at all. We'll see tonight. Bulls will wear all white tonight with gold helmets, blue jerseys, orange trim, white helmets for UTSA. The dome seats about 60,000. They're expecting between 25 and 30K tonight, and that will be plenty enough people to make it a loud environment for the Bulls and Roadrunners tonight. Kickoff coming up in a little over one hour. We'll shift to Tampa. Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp standing by when we return on the South Florida Bulls radio network. Time now for our Florida Lottery game outlook. We'll also hear from offensive coordinator Joel Gordon coming up. Derek, a lot of people think we're going to see a lot of offense today, and if Sam Barrington <laughs> has his way, he sees Byron Brown with 500 yards passing. If he does that today, he's the single-season passing leader. He only needs 373 to get there. So really a smarter pick would probably have been to guess for 374 yards. Yes. Because that would yes. be in itself against them. We'll get more on their defense in a little bit would be enough. But it just shows you what a season he's having. Uh, uh, amazing. As young as he is, he's still 18 years old. And that mark at 29-11, which is shared by Quentin Flowers and Matt Grothy, could very well be in jeopardy tonight. Uh, for USF, though. I didn't realize they shared it. Yeah, it's dead on. Same number. Pretty I had amazing. no idea. Yeah, pretty amazing. That is crazy. Um they're going to have to protect Byron Brown, though, tonight because UTSA can get after the quarterback and the Bulls are 123rd in the country in sacks allowed. And that was really brought to the forefront last week against Temple. It was just far too easy. And we know that the Bulls have had issues with their defense. And, um, you know, just right now it is as thin as it can get on the offensive line, the position that was probably the thinnest on the team mm -hmm. to begin with. As we bring up the fact that uh, last week they had to make a swap out at offensive line and that, that, that holds. At least nobody was hurt last week. But... Um, 
they've get not gotten much healthier on offense since last week when Michael Brown Stevens was out. We expect him to give it a go today, but yeah, probably not, not going to have a chance. I mean, well, well, he's going to try at least. Yep. But it looks like Yusuf Terry, Jaden Alexis will still be in the starting lineup. Both had good games last week. Uh, they've earned another shot at it. Uh, for UTSA today, they've got a seventh-year quarterback in Frank Harris, uh, who, by the way, has 38 school records to his credit so far. <laughs> well, I'm not going to put any asterisks on him because he's a fantastic player. But when you when you get to play an extra year and a half, <laughs> you better break all the records. That's an NFL career. Who was the, the kid last year from, uh, like, the worst team in the Ohio Valley Conference that had a chance to yeah. be the all-time three-point shooter because he had yeah. two more years than yeah. Pete Maravich? Yeah. It can happen. No, seriously, he is a dynamite player, and the Bulls have had – Quarterbacks who, frankly, haven't gone on to have dynamite seasons. The kid from FAU comes to mind. Jacob Zeno is okay, comes to mind. Go off on them. And by stats, anyway, Frank Harris is probably the best one they're going to face. They Remember, they didn't face Milrow from Alabama. Keep this in mind today as well for the South Florida defense, trying to slow down the UTSA offense. They are... 47% on third downs, and if they don't get that, they're 70% on fourth downs. So we <laughs> might see a lot of fourth downs today. Both of these teams are very aggressive on offense and not afraid to go for it if they fail on third downs. All right, the Bulls' fourth down defense also isn't very good, so so uh, hopefully they can force some turnovers. You see what they've done with turnovers this year, been very successful. Mac Harris now tied for third in the nation with three fumbles recovered. And that also ties the USF record. And some of those and the guy wasn't starting at the start. Well, that's of the, year. the thing. It, it goes more to what he's done. Some of those records, you know, your your first in the nation forced fumbles. It can be a little bit fluky. But what he's done with DJ Gordon having an up and down season and the linebacking position not be, being that solidified has been very important. He's brought a lot of leadership to that position. He's he's become the quarterback of it. And so it's good to see him get a little stat love too. We talked about the sacks and protecting Byron Brown. Got to watch out for outside linebacker Trey Moore. This guy's dynamite for the Roadrunners. He's next sack or half sack he gets. He'll break the school record, 22. He's got 14 already, which is tops in the country. He's dynamite. And we mentioned them their defense slowing down teams like UAB. But the FAU, the week after the Bulls could not stop the mm -hmm. Owls, uh, UTSA in Boca Raton held them to 10 points. And by the way, the touchdown was a punt return. Uh, so they did not give up an offensive touchdown to FAU. Last week, they only gave up 14, including a late touchdown to Rice, although Daniels was injured. UTSA 6-0 and when scoring first this season. We'll keep that in mind at the coin toss because I think the Bulls have lost the coin toss like five or six times in a row. And they've also scored first uh, or on their first possession four times this season. So you do not want them with the football to open the game. All right, the Bulls need points today. We're just going to find out what offensive coordinator Joe Gordon told Derek earlier this week. The man who has a little experience in the Alamo Dome. We'll get to that in just a little bit. And <laughs> maybe mention what Coach Golish said about Joel Gordon's last experience in the Dome. But let's talk about the most recent experience. You know where I'm going with that. Recent experience for the Bulls. We did it. We harped successfully on the slow starts, and you guys had an extremely fast one. So, uh... Let's get to the last part of the game after the, the beginning. I'm sure it was about according to script. Yeah, you know, exactly what you said. We we changed it up a little bit and got off to a really fast start, and uh, which was really good. You know, our guys had a lot of confidence, and I think we were really, we were really close on the next couple possessions to really busting open and, and putting the game out of reach, but we didn't do it, and we learned a valuable lesson that uh, – you, you you can't just rest on a lead, you know, early on in the game. So we ended up, obviously, if you watch the game, you know, going through some moments of stalling and not finishing drives. And we finished the game, you know, with a long drive and a big-time big, big -time third down conversion. Um, 
you know, on third and 14 and, and were able to kneel it out after that. But huge credit to our guys for being able to obviously play well enough to put the points on the board in the first quarter, which ended up, you know, being the difference in the football game. Um, and then finishing the game the right way. So we, we take out a lot of confidence, and at the same time, it's still an opportunity to learn. Don't have to apologize for the stall in the middle because the beginning is what won the game, if you really break it down. And part of that was the three incredibly perfect, in my opinion, deep balls by Byron Brown. Have you guys been planning for that part of the game? Uh, yeah, it's uh, man, that's part of our offense every single day. And uh, we started it out on the very first play of the game. And he and Sean made a great connection, got us down into the into the red zone, which was followed by an explosive run. So that when when you start out any any possession that way, you know it, it, it's really exciting for everybody, and you can create momentum. But we we're able to hit, you know, Yui down the sideline on a really good route and a really you know good thrown ball, like you said, and then the one to uh, chop, you know, for the touchdown. Three really three really good connections and. Uh, our guys, man, that it's not new that that happened to our guys because we talk so much about it every single day. So for it to be executed and us to finish those drives and to, to watch those plays turn into, you know, momentum-changing plays, it was huge. And if you really break it down, the, the big game that Naeem had with so many deep shots, and you just said it was three different guys not named Naeem, so it speaks well of the receiving group. Uh, now i got to mention... Usually false starts aren't a problem at home, and they were a problem in the middle of the game. They set you guys back. Did you see on film something that was common with those, or was it just one of those fluke things? No, just a lack of focus. Hmm. Just a lack of focus. You know, we have to do a great job communicating, you know, within our tempo of playing really fast. Um, that's on our guys, you know. It's on us as coaches to coach it up the best that we can. And at the same time, you know, the guys that are on the field, we gotta, we got to communicate and we got to understand what's going on. And speaking of attention to detail, every now and then I will eavesdrop very far away at the end of a practice, and it sounds like Coach Golish has everything mapped out for these guys. Time to lift, time for a team meeting. Are you duly impressed by his attention to detail? It seems like it's pretty pretty elite. It's been that way since day one, nice. you know, and it's uh, it's consistent throughout the program. It's, uh, it's not just practice. It's not just the daily schedule. It's everything you know how, how we do everything the nutrition the strength and conditioning the academics it's uh he's very organized very detailed and uh that is part of the process that our guys are you know they learn from that every single day that you, you just don't take days off and you know have sloppy habits so we're going to be detailed in what we do and uh he's He's bringing it. He's bringing his A game every single day. And now, last thing, I've built you up for this. Uh, tell people how loud it can get in the Alamo Dome, and maybe how that affects your offense. <laughs> and what happened last time you were there? Yeah, the last time uh, Coach Golish was actually there with me. Yes, so, yes, uh, he was. Yeah, we we were there together in a bowl game um, in 2018, and uh, yeah, it's a noisy, noisy environment, and. You know that's something that that we got to be prepared for. It was uh, not just the other teams, you know, fans that are you know standing up and making it loud on us. It was actually probably more of our own fans cheering after big plays that got us in trouble. <laughs> but uh, 
it's a learning experience. It's good to have been in that building before and understand what we're walking into so our guys aren't going to be blind to it. So we know it's a great challenge and that's going to be, you know, a variable that we have to control, you know, when we walk into the building. So we're going to be ready for it. Absolutely. All the details. Thanks a lot, Coach. Absolutely. Thank you. And Golish on his press conference made sure to mention that when Iowa State cut it to 28-26 with like four minutes to go with Brock Purdy as the quarterback against Washington State, that the Iowa State fans were making too much noise and when they were going for two made them jump. Uh, and, and they still haven't lived that one down. But hey, if there's enough Bulls fans to make them jump on a possible tying two-point conversion, I would take that yeah. scenario right with now. You. Hey, speaking of taking things that are given to us, we really appreciate Michael Kelly giving us his conference room it's beautiful to set up and also michael if you're listening down the line you know i figured you weren't here so i used a parking space too it's excellent he will be joining jim lauk live on our pregame show when we come back tickets remain for the football team's final home game next saturday night against charlotte call 1-800-GO-BULLS or visit ticketmaster.com to secure your tickets as the bulls look to become bowl eligible if they aren't already again back to the stadium live with jim and michael when we come back the Bulls and the UTSA Roadrunners coming up at the top of the hour. Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly joins us from the field. Michael, this is an interesting building. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to be here before on some of the Final Fours or other events that have taken place here. This is my first visit, but it's a pretty unique venue for college football. Yeah, it's a pretty special place. It's uh, I came here first for the... 1998 for the Final Four and have been back a number of times since, including Alamo Bowl, Bowls. And then uh, I was uh, sequestered here with Jose Fernandez and the uh, <laughs> and the women's basketball team during the uh, during the pandemic. And my daughter, uh, my both my daughters won a state championship on this field for band uh, uh, for the band back at Flower Mound High School. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Well, it's great to be playing meaningful football games this time of year, and here are the Bulls, one win away from bowl eligibility, two chances to get it. It's really an indication of how far this program has gone, and this is a great venue tonight to show that to the country. Friday night college football, it's the only game in town going to draw a lot of eyes and a lot of ears. Absolutely. Coach Golis has been uh, preaching that a lot about what a special opportunity is for our for our team, for our program. So many eyeballs watching this game tonight. There's only two college football games even on TV at all. Pretty much all of college football is in their hotel rooms watching TV to get ready for it. And we get a chance to uh, put our best foot forward on a national television audience. So very excited to be playing meaningful football in November, as you said. And, uh, you know, it's special. You can feel some specialness in the air tonight, uh, both with this great uh, venue, but also a really good matchup. Well, we had a great moment for South Florida Athletics earlier today in Boca Raton. USF Volleyball fell to FAU yesterday, but came storming back in straight sets today to beat the Owls. And there is South Florida Volleyball at the top of their division. Yeah, it was a very special, uh, very special day. I mean, last night when they uh, fell a little bit short, it was an easy, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on you. And it was really eager to see how the ladies would, would respond. And uh, they came back and really, uh, really took it to them. Had a nice sweep tonight to uh, assure themselves of a uh, of a share of the conference, uh, the division title. And uh, we have a home game next Wednesday, 12:30. Hopefully, those that have taken off for uh, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday will come on out to the corral. Let's pack it, beat Rice, and have an undisputed championship for the East Division. That should be a lot of fun. We've also got basketball this weekend. In the course of a long college basketball season, there's going to be ups and downs for every team in every league. 
both the men and the women trying to bounce back. The women will play North Florida. The men will play Northern Iowa. And it's a great time for Bulls fans to come out and support their teams on Sunday in that doubleheader. Yeah, nice doubleheader. Be able to come out and see both of our teams play. You're right. Uh, the different upsets happen every night. We were disappointed in what happened with the men's game the other night, but they'll uh, fight back, be ready to go. I'm, I assure you of that. And uh, it'll be great to see both teams play on Sunday afternoon. Excuse me, Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. Michael, thank you. We're looking forward to it tonight. And then Charlotte, a night game one week from tomorrow, Saturday at Raymond James Stadium. Hopefully more football after that. Thanks for taking time for us tonight. Lots of great things. I wish a uh, very happy Thanksgiving to all our Bulls fans listening. And uh, let's go Bulls. Kelly, Vice President of Athletics, down on the field here at the Alamo Dome. We have an 8.05 local time kick tonight 905 back home in Tampa we'll get you just a little bit closer when we continue with the pregame after this time out on the South Florida Bulls radio network South Florida Bulls on the road tonight late night start at nine o'clock at the Alamo Dome as they take on UT San Antonio who's in a tie for first place in the American of course the Bulls are looking for a victory to get bowl eligible let's get you back to San Antonio Sam Barrington what's he thinking tonight here's Joey Johnson as well Joey, can you hear me? Hello. You got me? You got me? Yeah, we got you. We were a little concerned that Sam wasn't <laughs> thinking anything. <laughs> well, we, we, we gave him a minute to think. Because okay, in order okay. for Good. Sam to think, he's got to think first. So right. what is Sam thinking? Here's what I'm thinking I'm going to ask him. I want to ask him about domes. Uh, I played in the NFL. Sam, you, you got a little experience playing in these uh, indoor arenas? Yeah, I do. And I actually like them. Uh, I got a few unique experiences. I mean, <clears throat> one of my first... One of my first memorable stats, I had a, a, a sack against Syracuse my rookie, my freshman year at USF. And I can't remember, I, I think the quarterback, he was also a point guard. Greg Paulus. Greg Paulus on the point, on, on the basketball team. Sacked him and it was funny because he had on tennis shoes. And so after, <laughs> after the game, I called all my boys back home and I'm like, bro, these boys are wearing tennis shoes and domes. I mean, obviously I had never played in a type of, in, in a dome before. And I think one of my more memorable experiences, uh, the old, you know, Atlanta Falcon stadium before they tore it down. And now that, you know, they're playing in a new stadium. I actually had an, ex an opportunity playing that in, in the last game that was played in that stadium while I was a part of New Orleans Saints. So, you know, it's a fun environment, pretty fast environment, um, and, and obviously I like that it's a weather, you know, no weather uh, impact. And it's always fun. The noise carries well. It's just always a good environment playing in a, in, in a dome, especially when the crowd shows up. So when you get in a noisy situation and you, you, you lose track of, you can't hear, do you, do you, is it a panicky situation for a football player when you have that moment where you realize for two seconds, I can't hear? what they're saying to me right, what, right. what happens on the field when that when that occurs well that's why you know obviously one of the biggest stories in the news today is you know teams and in, in, in interfering and stealing other teams of signs because signs are very pivotal right you need a way to communicate with your teammates in a nonverbal manner when when the noise impact is just too high and so if USF gets in a situation today where the noise is just working these guys and they can't hear anything what they need to do is use all the their nonverbal communication and that's one of the things that are imperative on defense defense pretty much gets a call from the sideline everything is hand gestures especially going going against offenses who like to use tempo you said it was fast is that 
the same for offense and defense. You get on this field, you feel like you can fly. What, what do you mean by just, you know, a dome being fast? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the turf, obviously. And then, you know, again, you don't have any temperature, right? It's just room temperature. And so you start to feel a little more comfortable. And, you know, this turf, it looks like it is a fast turf. I went down there and I stepped on it. It is very, it's a low plane type of turf. So with that being said, you're able to, and, and, and maybe it's more of a psychological thing, but, you know, you just feel like you're a little more faster running in here. You don't have any wind blowing against you. You don't have any wind at your back either. But, you know, most people in this game feel like playing in the dome or playing on the turf field is a faster experience. So I'll ask you one on the other side. Tonight is senior night for UTSA. They have a number of seniors who played a lot here, including their quarterback, Frank Harris. I'm sure it's going to be very emotional. What's the, the flip side of that from USF's perspective? Is there something USF can take advantage of emotionally on a night like this? For, or, or does UTSA have to guard against anything uh, on, on an emotional senior night? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, you know, that's really diving into sports science and the psychological aspect of the game. You know, I know obviously going out on senior night, there's some guys that will have the opportunity to play this game again on the next level. And so they want to better position themselves, uh, you know, for whatever that next level opportunity is. And then you have some guys that will never play the game, you know, again after they finish, you know, these next few games that they have here uh, at UTSA. So with that being said, you got guys that are going to put their best on the field tonight. They want to win this game. They want to send the seniors out right. And it's the same thing for USF. It's like at the end of the day, you just got to play your best football. And it doesn't matter. It's a it's not about these guys. It's about USF and their, you know, want to get into a bowl game. So it's a unique thing, and it's no secret why this game should be on a Friday night because both of these teams have a lot riding on this game. All right. That's what Sam is thinking, guys. Back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Joey. Good stuff there. Again, a lot of good dome talk. Don't realize how much players like playing inside a dome, Derek. That kind of surprises me. You know, everybody wants natural environment. They want the They want the sun. They want the wind. These guys don't feel that way. And if you missed our first part of the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited, B.J. Daniels, we had him saying that uh, if you're a quarterback, you really like it. Go yeah. The ball basically flies out of your hand more naturally and with more spin. Uh, if you liked what Derek just said, uh, you can catch more on Bulls Beat on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 a.m. on Bulls Unlimited. Derek will take you behind the scenes of USF Athletics as your must-listen-to show to stay informed. You can follow Bulls Unlimited on X. That's at Bulls Unlimited for the latest info on the show. Well, defense might be at a premium tonight between South Florida and UTSA. Let's hear what defensive coordinator Todd Orlando had to tell Derek. Great to see T.O. again before the Bulls and UTSA coach before we get to tonight's game. Obviously, great performance. The headline is the turnovers, but I thought you guys overall played great, made a couple stops in the second quarter when it was 17-10. What was your analysis? Yeah, it was good. You know, I think uh, I've pretty much said this a couple weeks that we haven't performed well, that we needed to finish plays, and I thought the kids did a great job. I mean, they were, you know, that stretch of turnovers, I think, really changed the momentum. I think, you know, uh, Logan's pick, pick six was just a huge play. Um, you know, and we've been looking for those type. I thought even A.B. going up in high point and, you know, where um, – just to see us finish was it was we, and we knew we were so close to getting things done, but to actually you know have a roll of turnover is really critical. And I thought we played really well on third down. I know I've been beating that up quite a bit too, that we've had opportunities to get off the field that have, you know when we haven't they've 
they've come into points. And then, uh, you know, the first half, I think they were like 1-8, right. which is a great way to, to start a game off. Uh, I know we talked about it last week as well as the working on the jugs gun and making catches. That turned out to be pretty prophetic. But was that an a extra point of emphasis? Because to me, I remember a couple of, you know, picks, would-be picks that didn't happen, and those can, can really hurt you. Yeah, um, AG does a great job of, you know, after practice reminds guys because that's a – you know, that's you can develop that skill, you know, and I think sometimes people think when practice is over, practice is over, but we have all of our guys, you know, over on the jugs just working it because, you know, you know, even uh, uh, Tremel's deal was, you know, you're only going to get like one or two opportunities a season to be able to do something that and you'd hate for it to hit off your hands. But, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a developed school that we're going to work on all the time. But, you know, uh, just watching guys have the confidence to go up there and, and, and do it was really refreshing. A couple guys I haven't talked to you about, and I know they're getting more and more opportunity, although for Michael Williams it's been building. Uh, you've been trying to build that depth on the D-line. What do you think of him? And then Jamil Stokes had a nice breakup the other day in the end zone. Yeah, so, you know, Mike's unique because Mike is, uh, you know, he's given us some depth inside. Mike's stout. Mike's uh, loves football. Mike's, uh, you know, and KP's done a really good job with him too, but Mike knows ball, so Mike has some position flexibility. Uh, Mike will go hard. Mike really does a good job as an inside pass rusher too, so I thought those guys, you know, we... Uh, it kind of works hand in hand. I think we were getting close to getting to the QB, but really couldn't hold up in the back end the previous games. And I thought the back end did a really good job of allowing those guys to get to the quarterback, get them off off uh, rhythm, and uh, throw the ball up early so we can go get it. So I, that's the kind of the way it works. But just all those guys are starting to step up. You're starting to get the time of the season where you get some banged up guys, and you got to take your best players that you have, and you got to kind of put them in different roles at times just so you have some, you know, the quality depth. And Mike's a really good example of it. And I, I take note of what you said as far as it's not always sacks. It's getting to the quarterback, and you guys are getting there a lot. Now I'm guessing you're going to try and do that tonight against a guy that is special. Talk about Harris. Yeah, you know, Frank's he is a special player. Um, he can beat you with his legs. He can beat with, beat with your arms. He has, like, a ton of experience, too. Um, so he's seen it all. Uh, unique um, in terms of, like, what they do. He's a lefty, so they'll move the pocket, too, with him. But just when you have somebody that's out there that – that has played a lot of football and is very experienced, and everything slows down for him. So all the looks that we'll give him probably more than likely he's seen at some some point in his career, but we're going to have to do a really good job of containing him in the pocket because as much as he can beat you down the field with some of the talent they have at receiver, he can take off and run with you. So he's uh, the dual-threat quarterbacks are always hard to defend. And last thing since you've seen this team, UTSA, um, what's the environment like during a game in the Alamonoma? I know what it is for basketball, but not necessarily football. Yeah, you know, uh, depends on on how many people are there, but even if it's not a full house, it's going to be loud, you know. Okay. And uh, you know they're right up on top of you too. It's a you know it's a unique venue because most of the time you get into some professional stadiums and it might be a little bit widened out, but really uh, really unique uh, stadium. So it's going to be loud for us uh, this week. We won indoors, practice a little bit with some crowd noise just to get accustomed to it, so we can function and communicate. But I think you know as a college football, it's it's uh, you know if you play in the uh, Carrier Dome in Syracuse. If you play in some of these dome types, it's, you know, the air is a little bit different. The temperature obviously is a little bit different. It's a lot louder, and uh, we got to be ready for it. All right, let's hope it's real quiet in the fourth quarter, except for Bulls making noise. Good luck. Absolutely. Thank you. Jim Lighthall back here in Tampa, getting you ready for this game tonight that kicks off just about 9 o'clock. Joey Johnston is inside the Alamo, Alamo Dome, that is, and 
Time to make victory possible. These are our keys to the game. Making victory possible presented by USF Health, ranked as the nation's fastest rising medical school for research and primary care over the past decade by US News and World Report. Joey's keys are available usually a day in advance on GoUSFBulls.com if you'd like to for read those. Or you, or you can listen to the spoken word from Joey himself as he expounds on those keys to the game. Joey, let's start with uh, with number one tonight, and that shine on the big stage. I love this. Yes, Jim, I love to go to the movies. I love to go to the big screen. When I go see Mission Impossible, I want to see Tom Cruise. When I go for my rom-coms, and I do love my rom-coms, I want J-Lo, I want Meg Ryan, I want Julia Roberts. I want stars. Tonight, USF stars have to play like stars. I need Byron Brown to play like a star. I need Sean Atkins to play like a star. I need the defense to get some takeaways and play like they are stars. In short, all the positive things we've seen from USF, they've got to show up tonight. You mentioned takeaways. It's pretty astounding that in the five victories for USF this season, they have 14 of those. In the five losses, they only have three. Uh, if they're going to win tonight, they got to take the ball away. Yep, that's that's a. Uh, I didn't know that stat till I looked it up, and that's that's pretty telling. Um, and and coaches will tell you the same thing. Defensive coaches, the success is is not so much based on holding people under 300 yards, which never happens in college football anymore. It, it's taking the ball away, particularly in the red zone. And when USF has thrived, they have done that at a high rate. When they've been uh, having some rough games, they don't take it away. So it's a really simple formula. How about coping with the noise? You talked with Sam about playing inside a dome, and plus it's senior night there in San Antonio. Yeah, and we'll see how the noise uh, hits. We'll, we'll figure that out uh, probably early in the game, but whatever level it is, the Bulls cannot let that uh, disrupt what they're doing. They cannot let that lead to pre-snap penalties or, or, or confusion on the field, and particularly on offense, we've got to watch closely because if they're operating at their usual fast tempo, noise could be a factor, so we'll have to see if the Bulls can adjust. And you got to tackle in space against this bunch. That's the number one thing probably all season that the, the, that the Bulls have fallen short when they've lost games on defense. It's not so much making the spectacular plays, it's making the simple plays. They have got to hem up these ball carriers and these receivers and get them on the ground and not let them get the yards after the catch of the breakaways. So many times this season, little short runs or short passes have turned into explosive plays. That cannot happen tonight. Thank you, Joey. Again, you can catch Joey's keys to the game about 24 hours before kickoff on GoUSFBulls.com. Quick look at our injury update, courtesy of USF Health. Yusuf Terry and Jaden Alexis will get the start at the wideout position. Michael Brown-Stevens still a little banged up. He will try tonight, but not likely to play a whole lot. Mac Harris to start at linebacker. We'll see some D.J. Gordon throughout the course of the night. I saw him a lot on special teams, actually, this past week. When we come back, Jim Lauk will sit down with head coach Alex Golish. Pre-game show continues on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Welcome back to San Antonio. It's the Bulls and UTSA. First ever meeting between these two teams. Head coach Alex Golis joins us. Coach, first non-Saturday game of the year. Everybody talks a lot about the short week, the things you have to do to change the schedule. How disruptive is it to play a Friday game? I think it just creates a, a unique uh, set of circumstances in terms of your, your schedule. You know, we sat down in, in July knowing it was coming. I think it's probably a little bit more unique if you had no idea. But knowing it was coming and adjusted the week, um, essentially just moved around our off day from what normally is Sunday to what will be Saturday. And 
moved everything up. I think for the for the players, probably not as disruptive as the coaches, but it, it turned into a long Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But um, but I think our guys adjusted well, and I challenged them on Sunday night. Said, you know, how we adjust to the schedule is going to determine the outcome of this game. Well, once you get here, there's a lot of benefits to it. You're kind of the only game in town on a national level. Going to have a lot of eyes on this program, a chance to really showcase the progress this team has made this year. Yeah, obviously it's a byproduct of, of the work we've put in um, that, that you feel like you've earned the right to go showcase it. Um, I think it still comes down to it being about us, regardless of, of all the outside stuff just about us going and being the best version of us. You know, you're playing a phenomenal football team and a veteran football team. And um, and whether it's Saturday afternoon or Friday night, it's just going to be about us. One of the big things in last week's win over Temple was the start of the game, the fast start that you had been looking for for a couple of weeks. Does that kind of success come from work during the week? Yeah, I think just a, a big, big emphasis on on how you start. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's been a huge point of emphasis really the whole year, and it certainly paid off in terms of the emphasis on it. And then I feel like the middle part of it, <laughs> certainly offensively, we, were, we weren't as good. I, I think, um, I know I said it earlier in the week, but I think just the sign of an immature football team in a lot of ways in terms of just experience and, and having the ability to reset, play the next drive, reset, play the next drive, reset, play the next drive. But the opportunity to go start fast was absolutely huge, and it'll be huge tonight. Playing in a dome, this is the first time since 2016 the Bulls have played in an indoor facility. Noise could be a factor. How do you prepare for that? Will you play in crowd noise out on the practice field this week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've actually been here twice and um and both times the 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 noise was a factor both times was in bowl games so more of a 50 50 crowd but uh the way it echoes in there certainly is is a factor um and we've we've certainly prepared for it absolutely practiced that way um you know have to change some things offensively in terms of having the ability to go to a silent cadence and part of what we do in preparation during spring and fall camp so it's it's built in it's not a new concept but um but absolutely have that mechanic ready to roll in case we do need it utsa is such a veteran team and it really starts with their quarterback he's courageously come back from so many injuries what makes him and their offense so effective yeah i really feel like it's a different different team when he's when he's playing you know he um He's come back and rattled off a bunch in a row here and, and certainly a special football player. I, you watch him and, and what he's done is he's given him a, a spark. They play at a different speed with him in there. Um, obviously has the ability to throw the football and really accurate with the ball, but his ability to extend plays is what's really special. And so you can tell he's played a ton of ball. You could tell that those guys trust him. Um, everything starts with the run for them, but man when when he's got the ability to go and and convert um, a bunch of third downs just by moving the pocket and extending plays they're a different team for sure four takeaways in last week's game and the stats are pretty clear when the bulls take the ball away they win football games that was a key part to that win last week yeah it was absolutely huge it kept us in the game um and in a lot of ways 
Uh, we don't we don't win the game without Tramel Logan's pick six, um, but AB a- coming up with the two big big interceptions. The second one uh, on the plus side of the field, and um, certainly the strip out was was a huge monumental play in the game, simply because it saved a touchdown um, and uh, some really cool effort plays, some really good individual plays. But I think just the collective effort by the defense to to create turnovers, to stop the run. All these things that have been such a huge point of emphasis for Coach Orlando and that defense, and it all showed up last week. And so I think they're a, they're a confident group at this point. Um, they've got to go play tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. The Bulls and the Road Runners, Coach. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you. Go Bulls. Appreciate it. Head coach of the Bulls, Alex Golish. Stay with us. Kickoff coming up momentarily on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network.